So we just wrote ourselves out of the definition of nature. And this is a reflection or a result of the way that we are really thinking of our place in this world is this separate entity of the natural world. And I think that it is our downfall as a species, personally. Okay, welcome back to Healing SIBO and IBS with Better Health by Monica. We have two episodes left, this one, and then next week we're going to talk about environmental toxins. Maybe I'll do a little end closure episode, but that will be the end of season one of Healing SIBO and IBS. I do plan on doing a second season, and that season will be all mostly um, interviews because I would like to get other people's perspective on how they heal SIBO with their clients or different doctors or practitioners, or maybe we can even expand this to different topics, but keeping it in the realm of gut health and microbiome will be my goal. It has been a very fun project for me. It was a marketing idea, even though I've always wanted to do a podcast, but it started as the idea to promote my book, The Holistic Healing Guidebook for SIBO, IBS, and Gut Dysfunction. If you haven't already grabbed your copy, you can for, I think, $5.99 on my website, betterhealthbymonica.com, and it's also on the Kindle store. And if you haven't left me a review and you've enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate that immensely. I gave a little incentive the last podcast where if you do leave a review and you want to shoot me an email at monica at betterhealthbymonica.com and say, hey, I left you a review. Great job. I will send you my book for free. And I also do free consultations for anybody who wants to learn more about how I help people with SIBO and IBS, with functional lab testing, one-on-one health coaching programs, and move to heal sessions. I am doing a free event on December 7th with Ian Morris, who I interviewed two episodes ago. It is called Sound and Movement Healing for SIBO and IBS. We will be moving and breathing and this new word I just came up with called bioharmonizing. So we'll be listening to the frequency-minded music that will coincide with the movement as well. So I'm really trying to marry these two methods together and we'll move for an hour, hour 15, and then we'll have a little Q&A with Ian and myself about frequency-minded music and movement for healing for the gut. So if you are interested in that, I would love for some of my listeners to attend that so I can see you, uh, potentially meet you during the Q&A. You can register. There'll be a link in the bio or a link in the show notes here. Um, There'll be, if you go to my website, betterhealthbymonica.com, then you'll see a way to register there and it's just going to be a really fun event and I hope to actually make it a monthly thing because listening to Smile, this music company that Ian Morris created, they come out with new music every month that is astrologically aligned. Yeah, it's it goes along with astrology and it's very specific and insightful and it's something that I would love to 
continue to use in this space of movement and breath work and healing um, with the, the skills that I have. So um, I, I really encourage you to attend that first event so that you are in the loop with future events as well. And make sure you get on my email list that you can do on my website if you do any of my opt-ins or if you sign up for the program, you'll be on my e email list so that I can update you about future events. And also one more thing before we get started. I know that everybody does this, but my perfectionist personality needs to address it. I have dyslexia, and so sometimes, and maybe this isn't even because of dyslexia, but sometimes I will say things so certainly and actually mean the opposite. Like in the last episode when I said 2 or 3 p.m., and I really meant 2 or 3 a.m., and I catch myself doing this all the time. When I would teach Pilates, sometimes I would say elbow instead of shoulder or right instead of left. And it's just like, it's so annoying to me because I don't catch myself in the moment and I even edit these and I still sometimes don't catch it. So um, if I say something, just know that, you know, hopefully you know what I mean because sometimes my brain does opposite things and I know we all do this too. So a little bit of humility here. Okay, let's talk about sunlight and nature. Actually, we'll talk about nature first. Nature and gut health. Oh, it's just so important. And, you know, if we spend more time in nature, I truly believe we would just not be as sick at all. And why is this? Well, I think that we need to start thinking about nature less in terms of I'm going to go in nature because it's going to do something good for my health and more in terms of I am taking myself out of my toxic environment because the reason why nature is so good for our health is because we live in toxic environments and we eat toxic foods so it's not necessarily that the nature is like doing anything particular to help us heal it is but it's more of that we're taking ourselves out of the toxic environment and we're exposing, exposing our bodies to natural elements, minerals, soil, biodiversity. This is what we are. We are a natural element. We are minerals. We are soil. We are biodiversity. And there was a definition that I recently found of nature, and I can't remember which dictionary it was, and I took a screenshot of it, but I couldn't remember which website or if it was Oxford or Webster, but the definition of nature, of their particular definition, I want to read to you. It says, nature, the phenomenon of the physical world collectively, including plants, animals, the landscape, and other features and products of the earth as opposed to humans or human creation. Let me just read that one more time. The phenomenon of the physical world collectively, including plants, animals, the landscape, and other features and products of the earth as opposed to humans or human creation. So we just wrote ourselves out of the definition of nature. And this is a reflection or a result of the way that we are really thinking of our place in this world is this separate entity of the natural world. 
And I think that it is our downfall as a species, personally. Um, And I don't think I really need to get into why nature is so good for us, because we all intuitively know that we should be in nature more. And if we don't have access to nature as much as we'd want, then we could bring nature to us and we could have certain plants in our apartment. We could grow organic food and have flowers and plants in the backyard. We can take trips as much as possible. And depending on how sick we are, we should reconsider our location. Because if we live in a city, it's just a fact that we will be exposed to more toxins. And some people will be more vulnerable to disease in that environment. When I was a kid, I played outside all the time. I loved being outside. Sometimes I would sit, we had this tree. It was like a, a, I can't remember what kind of tree it was, but it had like the small trunks, like five different trunks coming out. And so you could stand in the middle of it as a child and I would stand in the middle of it and pretend it was a time machine and I I loved being outside but the environment that I was in outside was heavily sprayed with Roundup it was the it was the suburbs so there was chemicals all over the place I also had many rounds of antibiotics and I was a c-section and for some of you who don't know if you are a c-section or your baby was a c-section then you're going to be exposed in those first few moments of life to the hospital bacteria or the skin bacteria rather than your mother's innate bacterial species through the vaginal canal the bifidobacterium and the protective species that help to shape a healthy microbiome it's very crucial those first few days of life So my exposure to biodiverse organic soil and biodiverse microorganisms and natural minerals was really not ideal, especially considering my disadvantages earlier in life. Thankfully, I was breastfed, and I do believe that if I wasn't breastfed, I might have been worse off. So that that was a good thing. And I want to be clear, I'm not blaming my mother this information was not talked about. Most doctors in the 90s and even now are not really going to tell mothers to prioritize dirt um, and, and biodiversity. My mother also wasn't a big nature fanatic, so it wasn't like we were going camping. We never went camping. There was never any real desire for nature in my family. So it's, it's not her fault. And I do believe that my story needed to happen this way so that I could learn and heal and now help others and break the cycle of digestive problems in my family. Because what I have, my mother has, my grandfather had. So um, yeah, it all happened and uh, it's okay. I'm learning from it. But when I did a stool test pretty recently, about a year ago, I saw that I had almost no beneficial bacteria. I had almost no bacteria that is normal, probiotic, beneficial for my microbiome. The bacteria that produces short-chain fatty acids, which is so huge for mood stabilization and no wonder why I have anxiety. But these species that I was lacking are called keystone species. They're incredibly important for healthy gut function. So in my personal case, I'm not going to take a bunch of herbs to kill off the little bacteria that I have. I had already gone through so many rounds of antibiotics throughout my childhood into my 
teen years into my adult years. And then I did five rounds of rifaximin when I got the diagnosis of SIBO. So no wonder why. And I also wasn't exposed to any natural bacteria or, or biodiversity as a child. So it all makes sense. And so this is why we have to really test, first of all, and we have to consider our situation and our history and our exposure to determine what the right protocol will be for you. Because in my case, I'm not going to want to take those herbs. Instead, over the past year, I'm adding foods. I'm adding probiotics, fermentation. I'm getting my butt into nature and outside and in the sun and the, the dirt and in the soil and planting. I live in an apartment and it's hard. I know it's hard. We go on hikes, you know, to Red Rock in Las Vegas as much as we can and Mount Charleston. Um, we have a park outside, uh, but we have container uh, a container garden. So that's also a way that I can at least get some exposure uh, along with probiotics and also, of course, prebiotics from certain foods. Um, so that is going to be more appropriate than killing off. And I just wanted to mention that because it's important to understand how, you know, it's not a one size fits all Thing with SIBO. And the reason why nature is just so important for every stage of our life, earlier the better, of course, is because nature has the microbes that we are missing. And that's why nature is so important for our gut health, because we are becoming shockingly deficient in certain beneficial species. And even species that may be considered opportunistic, but we still need them. They are still protective for us when they're in balance. So we are becoming deficient in microbes and nature has those microbes. And for kids, you know, we want them playing in organic soil. And it's so crazy that I have to say that because the soil is just covered in pesticides and it's just in the water. It's, it's damaged and it's horrifying. So we have to make sure that the soil that we are exposing them to is real, true, natural, organic soil. We want to expose them to the elements of the natural world because the microbes they come in contact with will be their defenders against disease. And I will be so bold to even say that we have to lose the sanitizer. We have to lose the Clorox and the bleach unless it's a special situation where we really need bleach or Clorox. Because we are becoming so deficient and we're losing our microbial diversity, it is the reason why we are becoming sick. And the answer seems to always be kill, kill, kill. We, we all... We're living in this germ theory world. We're living in this world of pandemic. And so we are compensating and we are trying to protect ourselves with chemicals and with sanitation. But when you add up over sanitizing, you know, if you're, if you're sanitizing every door, door handle, if you're sanitizing your hands every single day, if you're doing that with your children, if we add that up with antibiotics and lack of nature, it is a recipe for chronic disease. You know, you can clean your bathroom with alcohol and vinegar and lemon juice and still kill bacteria. And I'll talk about some of that next week with environmental toxins. You can wash your hands with soap before you eat. Take your shoes off when you come in the house to limit the pathogens. But... I do think we need to reevaluate our hygiene habits and we need to get a little dirty, especially our kids. 
and I have this business idea, so don't steal it. Um, and if you do have the means to do this and you want to partner, uh, please let me know because it is something that I'm thinking of. You're probably going to laugh at me. Um, but so I have an idea of doing something that's like a sandbox, only it's a dirt box. And <laughs> I mean, this is the world that we're coming to where like I would ship people who live in apartments, people who live in city cities, like organic soil, biodiverse with fungi and bacteria and just this, this rich soil in a box. And they will put that box in the, on their porch, on their balcony, maybe even in their kitchen, and they will put their baby in it. And the baby will play with the dirt, eat the dirt, roll around in the dirt and get that that microbial exposure that's my idea is this dirt box so maybe i'll make that happen one day um because i do believe that it is necessary and i do believe it's hard for people to get their themselves and their kids exposed to good dirt because it's just not in the cities it's just not even in the suburbs too um so that's my idea uh, also, contact with animals is very good. And this is something that I wish I was exposed to as a kid. I wish I had a dog. I've, I'm a huge animal lover. And I wish I would have had a pet because I do think it would have made my immune system a little stronger. And I would like a dog and I would like animals now in my adult life. But I do think I'm going to have some allergies and some sensitivities to animals because I just never was able to build up that immune response to dander and to animals. But I'm going to do it anyway because I want animals. So if you can expose your children to animals at, early, at an early age, it's going to be better for their um, immune systems. And there are a lot of studies on this, proving this. There are a lot of studies that show that when you expose your kids in the womb, even like while you're pregnant to farm animals, then it will make their immune system stronger. And I'll try to cite to those studies in the show notes, just because it's something that might sound crazy to some people, but really animals is, it's just one of the many benefits of having animals, but why not make sure that your child just has a little bit more of that exposure for their immune function. So animals is important. Nature we know is important. There's also studies that have shown that exposure to nature and living in the natural elements can increase life expectancy. Um, in a lot of the blue zones where people live past 100, they're in these coastal places with a lot of sunlight and a lot of natural elements. So you've got it by now. You've got to get outside in more than just maybe your backyard. You want to be in the mountains or the ocean or the beach or the forest preserve or they call it forest bathing where you have that, the energy too of the forest and just the, what that does for your cell health, for your DNA. And you want to get your hands dirty in the soil and you want to eat food with dirt on it too. That's one thing that I've, that I have talked about before and that I've done in the past year is go to that farmer's market where I can pull the vegetables out of the soil and I can eat that. And as long as I know that there's no pesticides in it and they're not treating it with chemicals, give me that dirt. And so I'm excited about dirt. Okay, let's talk about sunlight. 
We know we need sunlight and we know that vitamin D deficiency is a leading cause of illness. Over the past year, it's been vitamin D, vitamin D, because we know that lack of vitamin D can cause comorbidities and can also put us at risk for severe cases of COVID. And there are lots of studies proving this as well. Something that you may not know is that the darker skin that we have, the more sunlight we actually need. And this is because genetically people with darker skin come from places with more sunlight. So they have more melanin, they need more protection against being burnt. I am not a black or brown person. I do have Italian and Sicilian in me though, and I am a pretty tan white person. So I do need a little more sun. I know that about myself. And living in Vegas compared to New York has been huge for my gut health. Honestly, I have to say that... Okay, when I first moved to Vegas from New York, I was really sick. I was coming off of this insane life and my hormones were a mess. My gut was a mess. I had fatigue. I had thyroid problems. It was bad. I also had dermatitis. So I had these little bumps on my skin. And it's definitely something I've seen with other people and other clients before. These little bumps on the face. This little dermatitis. Um, And it is a huge sign of gut dysfunction. So I started to just easy expose myself to the sun every day. And I, I honestly feel like the sunlight is the one thing that brought that skin issue down and away. Sometimes it'll come back, you know, I'll get like little bit things like on a little bumps on the chin. But for the most part, my skin is so much better. And the more sun that I get, the better my skin is. Something that you might want to look into is infrared light therapy. Uh, These are lights, like light bulbs that you can get. They're portable. You can get large ones, small ones, put them on your desk, put them over your sink. Uh, They're great for people who live in areas where you don't get a lot of sun for some of the year. And you may, maybe you have darker skin tone and you know you need more sun. Maybe uh, you have dermatitis or psoriasis, Um, but they're really good for everybody regardless of your skin color and you can use them according to your tolerance for them so i will link to some of the companies that i know of uh, with infrared light therapy it's definitely something worth looking into if you have the means and so people with darker skin they do need to have more sun than people with lighter skin because of their genetics and because they can handle a little bit more and now i'm gonna say this and don't freak out You want to expose your skin to the sun without sunscreen for a period of time. I know, I said it. My sister is a physician's assistant for a dermatologist, so she sees skin cancer all the time, and she's definitely an advocate for sunscreen. I get it. She's exposed to the worst of the worst every single day, so she would have that perspective. But sunscreen can be packed with chemicals, and it can be very toxic to you. So my rule of thumb is to expose my skin without sunscreen for a period of time that is appropriate for my skin tone, my skin color, and the amount of vitamin D that I know I need and that I can tolerate. And then if I'm going to be out all day or if I'm going to be in the sun longer, I wear protective clothing, I wear long sleeve hats, pants, and, if, and maybe I will put on some clean sunscreen, which is going to be 
the worst kind of sunscreen that you may hate because it's just zinc oxide pretty much and it's like that really thick creamy stuff that is really hard to rub on but if you're gonna be at the beach if you're gonna be on a boat out all day then you do want to protect yourself so that you're not getting burnt because it's when you get burnt is when you are at risk of damaging your cells and your dna which can cause um cancer. So also one interesting thing is I, I did hear that there were some studies and this is just me repeating something that I heard on another podcast. So you want to look into this and you don't want to just take this and say, I'm never wearing sunscreen. Um, but I did hear that you have a higher risk of getting skin cancer if you were burnt earlier in your life. So if you had a lot of sunburn when you were younger, then that would put you at more risk of getting skin cancer later in life. Um, so that would be something to consider if you're a parent and you do still want to expose your child to the sun without sunscreen, but you do want to protect them as well. So getting burnt is not good. We've all done it. We all know it hurts like a bitch. Um, but also not lathering ourselves in toxic sunscreen is something that we want to make sure we're not doing. Okay, so... Nature, important, soil, microorganisms, biodiversity, um, you know, you can also do those fermented foods, even though that's not really related to nature, but it is. Um, and sunlight, natural sunlight without sunscreen and protecting ourselves from getting burnt, but knowing our threshold and knowing how much sun we need, um, all of this is going to help our gut. It's all going to help our gut directly. So definitely prioritizing those two things. And next week, we're going to talk about environmental toxins. It's a heavy loaded subject, and you're going to get a lot of resources, a lot of information. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So that episode might be a little bit longer, but thank you for listening. And you can check me out at betterhelpbymonica.com, betterhelpbymonica Instagram, and sign up for that sound and movement healing event for SIBO and IBS so that... I can see you and we can move together and you can stay with me uh, even when this podcast takes a little break. All right. Thank you so much.